guys, and welcome back to the Why Are We Watching This podcast. This week, Zach's definitely not Frankenstein's monster, and Sean's carrying a bunch of fake limbs because we're watching Transylvania 6. 5,000. I don't work with lightning. I hate it. I work with all this other shit. <laughs> What's up, guys? I'm Sean. I'm Zach. And as I said at the top, this week we're watching... Transylvania 6 5000. Ooh. It came out in 1985. It is a comedy fantasy movie with a rating of PG. It runs an hour and 33 minutes. It was directed by Rudy DeLuca, who also directed Dracula Dead and Loving It. Yep. A film I haven't seen but would like to see. Speaking of Leslie Nielsen earlier Let today, us know if you want us to cover it, maybe. I think. This was also written by Rudy DeLuca. This has a five on IMDb. It had a budget of $3 million. And did this movie make money or lose money in the box office, Zacharuni? It lost money. This movie made a little bit of money. Oh, okay. Seven million one hundred ninety-six thousand eight hundred seventy-two. I don't, I don't know fucking shit about it. I get it wrong every time. You guys know. Leave a comment if I get it wrong every time. It's funny because I think that whenever you like a movie, you think that it didn't make money. Yeah. But usually I think it, they do. There's been a few, though. I don't know. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty 50-50. Well, and, like, I always think, like, it's not going to make money because it might be, like, too offensive for the time or something. I'm always shocked when, like, those movies that seem kind of controversial make money. Like, like didn't Dolomite uh, make a bunch of money? It did, it did. But I think Dolomite made uh, money Which I'm happy to hear it made money. No, absolutely. That's, like, way cooler. I, I'm really stoked that it did, because uh, I, I was really excited to hear that Rudy Ray Moore had, a, like, a real career after that. But yeah, uh, I think that that movie made money because of its cultural influence. This movie, I would, I would argue that this movie made money because of who was in it. You're probably right. It was... It was a pretty good cast. It was a very good cast. So, um, so quickly, this movie uh, is about two reporters who are sent to Transylvania to investigate rumors of Frankenstein. That's what the movie's about. There's your bear. Yep, that's synopses there. Um, this movie uh, stars Jeff Goldblum. Legend. We have uh, Gina Davis, Joey Baloney. If you don't know who he is and you've seen Big Daddy, he plays Sonny's dad. You see him on the phone with him a couple of times, and then I believe he's in the court scene. Yeah. Uh, and I actually really liked him in this movie. I will say that. I I, I liked his character. Yeah. I think that he played it he really was, well. He uh, was Malacuava, right? Right. Or Quova. Malacuava. No idea how they pronounced it. Victorio Malacuava. Now, uh, we also He was have, really good. He was really good, right. And we also have Ed Begley Jr. Yes. And I really enjoyed Ed Begley Jr. in this. I think he's... <laughs> A awesome actor, dude. He uh, honestly, he like I love Jeff Goldblum, and all his parts were great too. But like Ed is the one that like really carried this movie. I couldn't agree more. And I, I love actually most of my favorite parts with Goldblum are when he's sort of interacting with Ed. Begley <laughs> exactly. Jr. Yeah. So it's, it's really their interaction together. And then we also get uh, Carol Kane in this, and I really like Carol Kane a lot. I do too, although I, I find her kind of, she's a little more odd now that she's older. Um, I don't care for her in this movie. Oh, I actually liked her a lot. I thought she was like really cute and fun and she had the Madonna look. It was, no, I agree. She looked really cute in this and she did look like Madonna. It's yeah. funny. 
Um, I just kind of felt, I don't know. It, it kind of reminded me a lot of, um, uh, why the fuck can't I think of the name of this right now? Rocky Horror Picture Show. Okay. Because of the way they treat their characters and they sort of have the same aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know, it felt like she didn't necessarily fit in this movie. I mean, maybe you you can disagree with that, and, and I, I could see where maybe she does, but she just kind of felt weird for me. But there's a couple of people in this movie that I was like, I don't know that this needs to be here. We'll get into it a little bit. Yeah. Um, we'll dive in. We'll dive in, for sure. Now, Rudy Head DeLuca first. was a frequent collaborator with Mel Brooks. He was in, like, basically everything he made. Uh, and in the character we both uh, realized he is together was uh, the metal man in um, uh, Spaceballs. Oh, see, I kept thinking that's who Joey Baloney was. No, that's Rudy DeLuca. That's the director and writer. Right. This. Okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and I wasn't like, he Vinny? Yeah, I like right Vinny. <laughs> I like him in that movie, and I actually yeah. think he's funny, and I think he competently directed this movie. Yeah, I agree. I don't know that I loved his writing on this movie. Yeah, I agree. That I think that that's kind of the conclusion I came to. Now, this is not giving away my score, really, but that's kind yeah. of the conclusion I came to thinking about this movie. And, and, I mean, a little bit of insight here, but we actually had about a week to kind of digest this one before talking about it. Usually it's the day over the next day. Well, and I, I honestly haven't thought about it until last really? night. Yeah, I've been kind of thinking about it. Because I was going to watch it again. Because right. there was something I really wanted to bring up. So hopefully when we get into it, this jogs my memory because I didn't write it down. And it was something that I was like really stoked to talk about. Well, that comes to one of my notes, which is cold open is hilarious. But I already don't. Oh, right. It's the guys at the house and then the Frankenstein. Yeah, arms it's come like the this door. really hokey, like homemade looking video. Right. Looks and it, like we made it. It totally looks like we made it. <laughs> uh, we have that scene, which I thought was really funny. And. There, early in this movie, there's a lot of jokes that probably wouldn't fly today, but I'm not going to say I wouldn't, I wasn't laughing at them. And one of them I have here was a uh, woman forced to work in rape factory. It was a rope factory. It was a typo. <laughs> it was a typo. And yeah. that actually made me laugh out loud. I remember being kind of like, whoa. <laughs> I think that kind of says something about the time though, because I mean, they, that was kind of stuff that was being exploited around the time, sweatshops and things like totally. that too. So like. I think it kind of fits, and and that's kind of why I mean, it always boils down to the original rule is that tragedy is comedy. I couldn't agree more, and that's that's kind of what makes that so so good. And yeah, you're right. It, it that wouldn't really be a joke somebody would probably write today because that's that's definitely a sensitive subject. Um, Which to I'm victims. not. I'm not arguing that it should be a joke that's made today, right? And you know it. It's just a very thin line, and it's a hard yep. one to walk. But it did make me laugh, and I'm I'm not yeah. gonna lie and say it didn't. Um, and then, uh, like crap, I love crap. I need crap. Yeah, like <laughs> these lines like this kill me. Which your opening line was one of those where I was like, oh my god, like this movie <laughs> has some great dialogue, like jokes. It really does. Uh, uh, the comedy writing on this movie was so solid that like, I I I mean, you were there. I was yeah. laughing through, like, the whole fucking movie. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and and I, I will give this movie a little bit of credit. They successfully cast Jeff Goldblum as what he should always be, which is a man who's always trying to get it. Yeah. The whole movie, <laughs> he is trying to get it. It was, like, was kind of sad and, like, uh, that 
all he really cared about was like nailing this chick, and he kind of didn't care about her kid. Not at all. Yeah. Like, and, and it's as soon as they get in Transylvania. Yeah. He like sees this woman and like goes at her. But he is very suave and charming. Like the way he goes up to her and he's like fixing his hair and her sunglasses, and she's like, "What the fuck is happening?" Right. And then he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry." You know, it's just like, "Oh man." So. Real, I was swooning. Really quick. Yeah, yeah, I bet you were. Yeah. Really quick before we get to that. So that is when they're in Transylvania. The reason they go to Transylvania is uh, this typo basically was them. They got in trouble because of the typo. They're <laughs> basically their boss thought that they had written something that was going to be bigger. Or they did get a lot of coverage, but it was a lie. And so now he's saying, oh, you need to go. You need to go look at this uh, thing. We have we've got some uh, some rumors about a Frankenstein's monster. If you don't come back with anything, you're fired. Yeah, and Ed Begley Jr. being his son, he's like, y- you can't fire me. I'm your son. He's like, prove it. Right, which, which is brutal. That was brutal as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, I love Ed Begley Jr. in this so much. So th- this is, I mean, pretty much jumps into when they're in Transylvania, which is what we were just talking about. And he, while Jeff Goldblum is going to talk to this woman, he has to go <laughs> entertain the little girl. Yeah, because Jeff Goldblum's just like ordering him around. And he is kind of He's just a totally follower. taking it, dude. But he also does like everything in the movie. He does all the investigating, I feel like. Absolutely. It's like, like he puts himself in all the situations. Jeff Goldblum's just like trying to get a date with this chick the well, whole time. And then the scenes where Goldblum is like um, helping him investigate. The ways he goes about helping him, like, it's almost like he seems like he's doing a lot more than he actually is. Yeah. And it just kind of somehow works out for him. Yeah. Uh, which we'll get there, because I know that you really liked that part. Uh, <laughs> and I know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I did not expect Michael Richards to be in this movie. Oh, yeah, because I didn't even look at the cast. Me either. And, uh, yeah, when I saw him, I was like, oh, no, that's not him. It's probably just somebody that looks, like, kind of like him. But then, like, you start to see more and more of him, and, and he does, like, all these good comedy gags. And Oh, and he's he's in this movie a bit. He's, yeah. Like, he's kind of... He's kind of a B character, but he's on screen a lot. I think it's... I, I think all the scenes with him were worth it. it. I laughed every time. I... Okay, there's one bit in this movie, and it's... It's probably one of my favorite parts of this movie, and it's him. And it's... Oh. The... Should I wait? It's I mean, coming up, kind of. So, I mean, basically, there's a bit where he keeps getting his limbs slammed in the door, but <laughs> yeah. they're all fake. And, like, that bit killed me. But then, later, they do the callback when the guy closes the door on his leg, and it's his real leg, yeah. and that and so killed... He, well, what was even better, though, is, like, he goes to pull it thinking it's the fake leg again, right. and he pulls him out of the closet, yes. and he's like, oh, and it's such a Kramer moment. Totally. That, like, I was like, dude, yes. Like, it, it, the way he, like, physically tortures his body for comedy is just, like, so gold. Because, like, that had to kind of hurt. Well, and I, I don't think that he, I don't think I ever noticed how much of, like, a physical actor he is. Oh, I mean, he, he is, goes all out, dude. And he like, is if in you, Seinfeld, but yeah. not to this degree. Like, That's true. In this movie, he is going all out, right? He does do some crazy shit in Seinfeld, though, too. Like, I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure he's gotten his head slammed in a door. Oh. And it looks real. God, it might have been real. It probably was. And it, it, that's the thing is, like, he, I know there was some stuff that went down with Michael Richards a little while ago, and I don't approve of it, and sure. I don't support it. However, what I will say, he is a funny guy. That's, sure. And, like, he, he takes it to the next level, and I, I have, like, a lot of respect for that, though, just, like, because, like, he really puts his body into it, and it's like, yeah, that stuff sucks, but, like, if it makes the scene better, like, and you're willing to do that? That's awesome. Yeah, no, you're, you're separating the art from the artist. Yeah, and that, I mean, I, I 
think that's admirable. It's commitment. I think that's admirable. Yeah. Um, we also have someone else in this movie that is a bit deplorable. A bit more deplorable oh, than Michael yeah. Richards. Which and I didn't find out until you told me when we were talking about it. And I was really <laughs> bummed to find out because in all the movies I've seen him in, I've always liked his role. Well, and, and he's still acting. Yeah. Um, we have Jeffrey Jones in this movie. and Rooney! I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm right there with you. Separating the art from the artist, I don't think that he's in anything that I don't like him in. Yeah. Beetlejuice... Ferris Bueller's Ferris Day Bueller. Off, uh, well, this movie. Um, but, I mean, he's in a lot of stuff. Yeah. And, and he, he's a good actor. I mean, I can't, you know, it, it, it's hard to... I think Beetlejuice is probably my favorite role he's ever done. Same. He really pulls he's, some, he's very funny some stuff that. with that one. Uh, but it's one of those things, you know, where um, you wouldn't... You can't take away from the skill that is being put into the role, you know. Uh, now, I, I want to say something. Something that bothered me. And I know that I'm a bit of a... I'm actually kind of guy, and I'm going to lay it on you thick here. <laughs> Frankenstein, traditionally, does not take place in Transylvania. No. <laughs> so that immediately had me going, well, why is it Franken- Frankenstein yeah. at all? Why not just Why not Dracula? just have it be Dracula, right, or any sort of vampires? Uh, for all of you out there who would like to know, Frankenstein traditionally takes place in Jernstein, Germany, mm-hmm. and Geneva, Switzerland. Yeah. Yeah, so there's that for you. Um there, uh, there's another line in this movie we get from uh, Jeffrey Jones that I actually really like and kind of sums up his comedy in this movie. And it's, there are no scary monsters here. The only monster is the phone bill. Yeah, yeah. And that's his character in this movie. Like, yeah. he's trying to, everything is a joke. Like, he has to turn it into, because yeah. the whole idea is, I think he's the mayor. And he's he, trying to make sure yeah. that they, the image of Transylvania stays positive. And so he kind of keeps making everything upbeat and into a joke. Right. Because he knows shit is going on. He just doesn't know what. Exactly. Um, Which is, it, it kind of seemed more like he was trying to keep it a secret, though. Like, he did I, know. I kind of felt that way, too. It was weird. Uh, I mean, he knows that the doctor does his experiments. Right. But I don't think he knows that he's brought a guy back. Or maybe he does. Hmm. Yeah, that's the thing is, I think he did kind of know about it. And that's why he's up playing the jokes is because he's trying to hide it. He's like, okay. hey, there's no monsters here. Okay. No worries, man. It's all good. But like, he's like, he's like, shit, there are monsters here, though. You're right. I, I think you're probably right. that's why at the end when we get all those explanations for everything, which we'll get into, mm-hmm. um, that's why it's like such a big deal because it's like, well, we'll get into it. But uh, Sure, okay. I, I guess I can kind of see it now. I think at the time I was mostly just kind of like, what? <laughs> Right, it was kind of like, why? Yeah. I mean, what I will say, and, and like I'm excited for us to get more into this movie to, to kind of like go into this more, but what I will say about this one is that like, um, it does, it, it, it kind of dragged in some stuff. There's a lot of things that I think should have happened much sooner, like by 30 minutes into the movie. I, I couldn't agree. That, that is my point of contention with this movie is mm-hmm. that it drags. However, what I will say, though, I still enjoyed pretty much every bit of it because sure. there were just so many good, like, dry jokes. And, like, it always depended on, like, the location slash scenery, you know, the characters that show up and or, or are involved. And and then, the like, just the situation itself. So that's the thing is, like, it, it does drag. And, like, this movie could have been written a little bit better, um, which it would have sacrificed some of the jokes and stuff. But it probably would have um, kind of showed us some more stuff. We'll kind of get into this a little bit later because I don't really want to, like, 
try to give away my score or anything right now. But. Right. Well, and on top of the writing, um, I mean, and, and to the advantage of the film, there's I think there's a lot of ad-libbing that's kind of happening really? in this movie, especially Michael Richards' character, because there's a scene, which this made me laugh. I think this is so goddamn funny. But he's kind of just handing things to Ed Bailey Jr. And then he tries to make him smell an ash tra- a clean ashtray yeah. for no reason. Yeah. And I was kind of just like, this is ad. Like, he's just going. I think uh, he's improving. Yeah, I, I would agree. Because that scene got kind of stale for me. And I was like, all right. Let's, right. let's get on with it. Why, and, why is this happening? And so, but it seemed like Jeff Goldblum was like kind of trying to keep his composure, but kind of couldn't. And that's exactly. That yeah. was the moment. And. And I think that some of it was the... going on like too long. Exactly. Like, what are we doing? Because some of it was funny, but then it got to the point where it was like, okay, you can cut. I'm surprised they didn't cut that out though. They left it. Which the movie only runs an hour and thirty three minutes. Oh, maybe they didn't film enough, and they're and like, that... might as well. Or and maybe I that's that. they were just like, oh, that was great. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe Luca was just like. Spot on, Richards. Maybe. I mean, possibly. I mean, I said, what year was this? Uh, 80... <coughs> 85? Yeah, because the fly was like the next year, right? Oh, right. We, which I wanted to talk about. I'm very glad you brought that up. Um, I mean, it had to be. Let's talk about that. So, I, I have a theory that Jeff Goldblum met Mel Brooks through this film, through Rudy DeLuca. And that is why The Fly was made this, like, next year. Which, for those of you who don't know, The Fly, yes, was directed by David Cronenberg and stars Jeff Goldblum, but it was produced by Mel Brooks. And he actually had his name uh, kind of removed from advertising because he didn't want people to think it was a comedy. Right. The Fly is a masterpiece of a film. Oh, absolutely. One of my... Probably one of my top favorite movies of all time. Top ten. Easy top ten. Yeah. Um... Now, with that being said, uh, Mel Brooks is like a genius, obviously. Yeah. And that's why I think that no matter what is said from either of us at the end of the day about this movie, I think we both respect it, and I think we both think that it deserves its place in history. Oh, definitely. I, I kind of wonder if like all of that um, also led to Gina Davis being in The Fly as well, because she was also in this. Well, and Gina Davis and uh, Goldblum, were, I believe, were dating. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, what a power couple, dude. Right. Oh, my God. I love that so much. I love Gina Davis. (laughs) Which, I mean, when I found out she was in this, I got really excited. Me too. I was like, yes, dude. Goldblum and Gina Davis. (laughs) We haven't really gotten to her character yet, but I... She doesn't come in until like an hour into the movie. And she's so funny. She was actually really great, too. She should have been in this more. And really cute. Yeah, I know. They kind of like... It was kind of missed opportunity. But it still worked and made sense. And that's why... I kind of think some of this, there's a specific scene that I think should have happened around 30 minutes into the movie, 30, 45, maybe somewhere Uh, between 30 and 45 minutes. uh, We should have gotten this specific scene that kind of starts leading it to everything because I think there should have been more focus on like looking into these monsters. And it seemed like there wasn't a lot of that because, uh, which I guess that was kind of the point, but um, you know, like Ed Begley Jr.'s character was the one like doing all the investigating and he ended up just really going around a lot of places and kind of hearing and seeing stuff. Yeah. Like he wasn't really being a good investigator. He's kind of just wandering around and like found stuff out. Well, and as far or as... Or got them into situations. As far as Gina Davis's character, they come to him. Yeah. 
So, you know, it, it literally is like, uh, uh, like the idiot savant type yeah, character. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> this movie has the funniest phones. Oh yeah. They're which... all like really weird and clocks. All the clocks were really weird too. Were they? Yeah. I don't even think I noticed the clocks. Right? I wrote phones and clocks. There was okay. at least one clock that was like crazy but, and weird. But the phones were all like these crazy carvings of like. <laughs> of, it, like looked, mo- it looked like they like stuffed a rubber like uh, toy over it. Of like something. these weird mutated rats and lizards and stuff. It was so weird. But they're all throughout the movie. There's like two or three In this hotel. Oh, yeah. Right, right. It's the hotel that has them. Um, <laughs> right after this... Uh, we got a bit that you and I both laughed at pretty hard. Uh, not right after. It's kind of after the, the conversation with the mayor. Yeah. Uh, where he, he alludes to basically nothing going on. They go back to their hotel room um, together. And uh, Jeff Goldblum makes Ed Begley Jr.'s character knock to get in because he's on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because he basically walks in and he goes, no, 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 you go out and you knock. <laughs> yeah. And so he goes out, he knocks. No response. So then he just walks in, and Jeff Goldblum's like, no, you're not. He's like, I didn't say anything. And he's yeah, like, he's like, you got to wait for who is it? And then he goes back out and starts knocking again. <laughs> but then Jeff Goldblum's character just, like, is standing in front of the door and then walks away from it. Yeah. It was kind of a weird scene, but it was really funny. He was really just trying to get him to go away so he right. could continue his conversation because he's on the phone with that woman that he met trying right. to set up a date. Which is... And then he's even like... Just sit your daughter with the hotel. They've got a daycare or something like that or a babysitter. That's the point in this movie that doesn't need to be. Yeah. It was really weird how, like, and I hate how he was like, I'm I'm the serious journalist and everything, yet he wasn't doing anything. He was, Next like, on vacation just yeah. trying to, you know, get that nut. Yeah, I... I, I just said get that nut on the podcast. I kind of... God damn it. I kind of hate that... <laughs> I kind of hate that part of this movie. I feel like that's what made it drag. Absolutely. Well, and there's another really big thing that bothered me, which is kind of goes into Luca's writing and me wondering like, well, was this like a studio thing, uh, like a conflict maybe, or was he just not the best writer? And I think we should wait to kind of jump into it, but it was kind of a huge problem for me because actually we will wait because it has to do with the ending. Okay. So we'll wait to kind of jump into that. But um, yeah, like, it's 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 really odd how like some of this stuff kind of comes to be, but they I mean they get in all these situations that definitely like push the movie forward and it still makes sense. Well, and and so here's here's kind of a big one. So while they're investigating about the Frankenstein monster that they keep being told doesn't exist, um, they go to see a gypsy woman. Oh yeah, and she kind of <laughs> gives them this like weird ass reading about Cryptic how message. You know, right? Her son's a werewolf. She literally says that. Yeah. Uh, and so they they go to, like, f- find this uh, werewolf. But before they leave, she falls and slams her head through the table and it breaks. Yeah. And then someone comes in and takes the table away and puts a new one down that's the exact same once way. They, yeah, once they leave. Right. Because uh, they got to reset it or whatever. And she sits back up. Well, I, they... I always thought she was kind of a robot, though. I thought that meant she was, like, an animatronic. Oh, really? I think that it was just a person that was supposed to be like an animatronic. But I, well, No, yeah. They kind of, they allude to the joke again later. And maybe no. I'll wait till we get there because it's so funny how yeah. they do it. They, There's it. A, they do a lot of, like, funny jokes that are, like, funny the first time. You're like, okay, that was funny, but, like, kind of odd. And then they do a callback. Right. And it's, like, funnier the next fucking time. Well, and the call, yeah, the callback makes up for it almost. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and it, it almost feels kind of improvised in that way, too. Yeah, or, a Like bit. an SNL sketch or something, you know? Um, it's now, like, like they're scripted, but there's still some kind of, like, uh, on-the-fly stuff happening. I don't think that's necessarily what happened with that scene, the one we're talking about, but... Um, but it feels like that. Sure. Because of, like, how funny it was and, like, kind of what happened with it. Which it was Goldblum, right, in the recallback one? Yeah, I think so. That's kind of what makes it funny, too, because he hadn't really had any, like, funny moments right. in this movie. And so, like... He was... I think that might have been his moment. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe well, Rudy no, was like, I need you to do this. I don't know. There was another, like... I, I don't think his character was bad and, and, like, didn't get the funny stuff. He was just preoccupied. Well, there is there is one specific joke that happens twice in this that I know that was really funny, uh, which we've already kind of alluded to, but we haven't talked about yet. But yeah. we'll, we'll get there. Uh, why? Why are they? Where are they when Gina shows up? Are they just in the hotel? And she kind of comes in through the because he's he's looking through a, like a library. It seemed like it was like an insane asylum. Okay, because that's where he's like he's getting in. Or, or no, he was like uh, he pushed him over the the wall. Jeff Goldblum pushes Ed Begley Jr. Oh, okay. And he goes, he's, he, he's like he's trying to get out because he puts on the robe. Yeah. And then so they come and grab him and take him inside or whatever. Right. Or no, it, they they just kind of take him like away from it, and then he ends up going inside. And then he's snooping around and takes the robe off, and uh, he finds this room. And right. Okay. He's going through the bookshelf like there's got to be a secret secret door or something but he can't find it and he turns around and then that's and when then it, it opens. opens and she shows up behind him okay so then yeah we get gina davis and there's oh which she actually showed up before in his room too was it so it, i think it was the hotel yeah because um because he like freaks out and like gets under his covers and then she ends up leaving and then he's like were you in my room and she's like yes and he's like that, okay did that, you want to hurt I think me that, that like, is no. the one I, that's the one i think i was uh alluding to because there's there's a couple of bits that happen in sequence with the first time where she shows up in the bedroom because uh, he does he jumps into the bed well he's um, already in bed or he but, pulls like, the blankets he over pulls the covers over um and then there's a scene where he's uh ed bentley jr is like walking down a hall but we've seen carol kane as like Outside the window. Oh, yes, dude. She's always, like, out a window or, or something. She's, she's just, like, trying to bug her husband and have fun with him. And he, like, and try he's to just really him. annoyed by her all the time. But, yeah. yeah, at one point he's cleaning the windows and she goes on outside of the window to be like, ah, you missed the spot. Yeah. And then he walks away. But then Ed Begley Jr. comes walking down the hall and, like, closes the window yeah. or opens it. And she goes flying <laughs> off the side. And yeah. that was really funny. Yeah. Uh, and th- there's, like, another callback to that joke later, <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, and then right after this, actually, we get Michael Richards trying to slip, or he slips, makes himself slip on a banana peel. Oh, I didn't see that. He, like, lays it down and then slips on it in front of Ed Bickley Jr., but then he tries to get Ed Bickley Jr. <laughs> to do it, like, right after that. He keeps trying to, like, make him do it by putting it down, and, like, it's so stupid, but it I must so have been, funny. like, deep in writing some notes at that moment, because I do not remember that at all. That's uh, so funny, though. Frankenstein lives on a VHS tape. Yeah. I wrote that down, but I don't remember what Because that you said they, they, on, you could tell that they wrote on regular, like, notebook oh, paper that they just, that's like, right. pasted it over a VHS. Because it was supposed to be the footage. Yeah. Right, okay. And it totally is. It looks like they wrote it on, like, college rule college paper ruled, yeah. and then cut it out and put it on it. Ed Bigley Jr. says, what if it's electrified about a fence? <laughs> and this is actually when he's trying this is, to This is when in. he's trying to get him to go in as, right. as the escaped, uh, 
psycho, I guess, or whatever. Right. And so, yeah, he goes, what if it's electrified? And then Jeff Goldblum puts his hand, puts Ed Begley Jr.'s hand on the fence, but he's, like, <laughs> holding something in between it, so... He gra- he grabs, like, a bandana or a right. cloth in his pocket, puts it on Ed Begley's arm that he's holding, and then makes him touch it. And he's then, like, oh, see, it's fine. And no, he goes, it's not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. After he makes him do it, that would, dude, that was good. Because uh, that's the thing is, like, Jeff, I, I do have... What I will say is about his character... He's, like, smarter than everyone else. He kind of is. He's yeah. Like, uh, he's, like, ahead of everything a step somehow. Yeah, so he's kind of just... I, I think that's kind of why he's just, like, playing it back and doing what he wants. Because he's like, I know I'm a good journalist. We're going to get, like, a story. But I'm also going to, you know, see what I can do. Totally. It's interesting. It's kind of an interesting dynamic. It's Try and smash. It's, it's kind of funny because it seems like Ed Beckley Jr.'s character... Who's the son, by the way, right. of of their boss, yep. is the one who is always trying as hard as he can to get shit done. And Jeff Goldblum's character is, on the other hand, like, I don't whatever. I but feel, he somehow is still getting information. I feel like what we don't get to see is that um, I'm assuming Ed Begley Jr. is usually the one who doesn't really get anything done. I don't okay. know. It's hard to say because we don't get to see what they're like before that. And they talk about some of the stories they get. And he's like, when he was saying, like, the I love crap, I need crap uh, uh, stuff, uh, he goes, like, I like crap. Yeah. You know, like, so he's, like, willing to do whatever and, like, doesn't really care. Because it seems like Jeff Goldblum was like, no, I want, like, real stories, though, that, like, are, like, real exposure of, like, these things. Whereas, like, their their boss, their editor or whatatever, he was like, um, he was like, "I, I don't really care. I just want something worth reading. Like. Something that's going to make us money. Which, you you saying that actually connects a dot for me at the end that actually makes me appreciate... Which, I like the ending, the very end of this movie. Mm-hmm. I actually like a lot. I still laughed about it with you talking about it. But that actually makes the end kind of funnier for me because it's the answer to both of what, what they're both looking for. Yeah. Because Goldblum does get to bust something mm-hmm. out that's big new information about what's happening in Transylvania. And, well, and then the newspaper does what they want to do, which is like write like tabloid exactly. like headlines. And and they're hilarious. They are really funny. Um, did you write all of them? I wrote a couple of them. I don't know if I wrote them all. Okay. If there, I didn't, there were a few. There's like yeah. six or something like that. There's a lot. Uh, Cuz they did one on like most of the characters. Uh yeah, they did. They did for all of the well, all the, of monsters. the monsters, yeah. We're going to actually we're gonna talk break about, it down. We're going to talk about whether or not we we would call them monsters, but we will for sake of conversation. Uh, Joey Baloney is the head doctor at the sanatorium, which is what it's called. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because I did that sanitarium joke. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Victorio <laughs> Malakova, the scientist, yeah. therapist or something. He's a scientist. Which, but this is where we get to meet him. Doctor. He's, uh, he's still mostly, like, sane. I say that because there is a switch, uh, sort of a Jekyll Hyde switch in this film. Yeah, he is sane. Right. When he's not somewhere. In a, yeah, exactly. Because um, otherwise, he's, like, completely right-minded, and he's fine. You're totally right. He's a doctor. I mean, he's a, he is a functioning doctor. Yeah. He's, uh, like, the, he's the town's, like, MD. Basically, Hunyadi is a man who died... But they believe that he's been brought back to life. This is our Frankenstein monster. Right. They exhume his grave and find a mannequin in the casket. Right. Okay, right. Yeah. And this is where Ed Begley Jr. and Jeff Goldblum realize that something's going on in the town. And yeah, because they're kind of spying and they see that happen, right? 
Uh, yeah, well, I think that they have something to do with it, too, because they bring it to the authorities. They bring it to the Right, which the they kind of just want to arrest them. Right, which yeah. that was an interesting uh, take. I kind of... I'm going to kind of go on a bit of a tyrant about something, a tirade about something else, but... A tyrant. A tyrant. Uh, I, I kind of love the idea of the outsider coming in and everybody sort of treating them differently because there's <laughs> there's some sort of, like... I don't know. It's just kind of... It's dark, but I, yeah. I kind of like that concept for a movie. Well, there was even that moment where Jeff Goldblum's just walking down the street and some lady starts, like, going, ah, at him. And yeah. he's like, like, oh, shit. And then yeah. she just starts laughing. Because, and... yeah, because basically everybody thinks that they're, like, goofy for coming to Transylvania to look for monsters. Yeah, they all make fun of him when Ed Begley Jr. kind of asks about it and and then Jeff Goldblum tried to go, oh, it's a joke. It's an American joke. And they're... Right. Uh, but they don't buy it. They, well, yeah, in one of my, I'll just give it away because one of my quotes is literally Frankenstein, ha! Because the guy literally just laughs about it. Yeah. Rooney, Ugh, Rooney. Shout they, out to Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Go see that if you haven't seen it. Yeah, dude, it's <laughs> only like, like twenty five years 35 old years. or something. Uh, Ed Bigley Jr. again pushes Carol Kane. I think this time through a door. Yes, yeah, like into a closet. She's, she's in a closet, and um, uh, what was his name? The, the basically husband? our Igor. He's our Igor. He's her husband. Yeah. I didn't get his name. Uh, Mauricio or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah, he's talking to her. She's in the closet cleaning and he leaves. And then Ed Begley Jr. is coming to talk to him down the hall and just pushes the door when she's like in it and like shoves her into the closet right. essentially. And that's our callback to the, the window scene as well. And that was equally as funny as the window scene. I laughed. I love that like dry nonchalant humor of like they don't know what they're doing. They're. He's like, oh, yeah. I'm just walking down the hall and closing the door because I'm walking by it. Totally. And it's open. It's the camera. The way the camera is set up every yeah. time is the way the joke is played out because he, he literally can't see that she's on the other side of whatever he's doing. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. I uh, think the window one was a, li- a little much. It's kind of like. Well, he backs into it. Oh, that's so right. He doesn't see her. He backs no, into it. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gina. This is. We actually do get to see Gina Davis again. Yes, as this is their. Uh, yeah, is our more. Uh, confrontation with um Billy Jr. and he asks her if she's gonna harm him and or she says no he, yeah he asked if he wanted to harm her because he's like were you in my room because he wasn't sure he like he, he thought he was like having a bad dream or something now she says when he first sees her in his room she says listen children of the night what music they make yeah what does she say it over uh because it's not bats she says it um yeah it was uh oh wolves was it wolves I think so, yeah. Because then he's like, eh, that sounded like a wolf, though. Oh, okay. Interesting. Because <laughs> it, so it was alluding to the werewolf part of the movie. Right, right, right. Which comes up, but then doesn't really go anywhere until we just meet him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because like, that woman uh, brings him up, and then we hear the wolves, and then we see him in a little bit. Right. Actually, it's like, I think maybe 20 minutes or 30 minutes, something. There's just so much like shit behind So much stuff like that. happens. When it feels like nothing's really happening, kind of. Well, I don't know. It's hard to say. But you watch a lot of stuff happen, and and so that kind of makes this movie feel really long, too. Right. Uh, Uh, Well, and so right after uh, this, Michael Richards tries to come into the room, uh, Jeff Goldblum's room again. Jeff Goldblum slams the door only. Is this when he has the crazy, uh, oh no, because like he was riding, in a painting. He's like riding a thing. Oh yeah, he's on a, one of those like quarter machine horses. Right, he, right. Says, he says he's meditating. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's like, it. what are you doing in there? And then he, we get another limb in the door slam, but it's a fake, or it's his real leg this time, and this is no. when he gets pulled through. 
No, that's later. I have that on here. Is it? It should have been like right after that. Because um, I thought it happened to Ed Begley Jr. Then maybe it was Ed Begley Jr. that that happens with. I think uh, you're yeah. right. You're right. I have it backwards. Um, okay, but then you, yeah, you were right. That was the one. Yeah, because I remember there being something in the closet, and I was like, the way he kind of like falls when after he does it, although he is off of it, but it still was like, dang, he probably kind of hurt himself in that closet. It looked like it hurt, yeah. honestly. Uh, but what and, a champ for making this, <laughs> doing his classic Kramer thing and making the scene work. You know, uh, we we after this we get sort of a cut to uh, Joey Baloney, the doctor. He's uh, he's we kind of see him being crazy for the first time. Yeah, because he goes into his he uh, goes back to his lab, his lab, right in his lab. Because he's our Doctor Frankenstein. Correct. Which he fucking called the monster Frankenstein, and I'll pull your fucking head off. Not you, but just people. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, Although you kind of did earlier. Well, I did for the sake of the movie because that's right. what they do. Yeah, I yeah. hate it, which I even think I even brought it up when we were talking about it. I really don't care because, like, everyone knows. And it's like if they don't know, then maybe now they know. Yeah. I don't know. If you don't know, now you know. Uh, he, but he, he chews up the scenery. I mean, we get to see him play crazy, and he plays fucking crazy. And there's a joke about getting a cappuccino. Or yes. a mocha. Espresso. Espresso, that's what it is. And so what's so what's really funny is as soon as he enters this like hallway it, it leading into his laboratory, he messes up his hair and he starts like getting crazy and becomes that mad scientist. And he goes off on this rant about uh he's upset because his uh Frankenstein is gone, I believe. I believe the Wolfman's gone. No, I think the Wolfman's still there, and that's where we get one of our No no no, no he's he, gone. He's Wolfman's gone. We don't see him until he comes back and then right. he kind of Locks him up. He has the um, the our Igor character or Igor, Igor God damn it, mm-hmm. our Igor character and Igor. his wife, mm-hmm. as well as the mummy. Yes, which we have a funny little um, interaction there where he he's asks, like poking him and asking how how it he's feels. Like, Do and you feel pain? He says, it, "Good. Yeah. Everything hurts." Yeah, <laughs> which is like uh, okay. Um, Joey. Uh, oh. Joseph hey, Baloney. Joey Baloney. I'm gonna be hey, yo. Hey. He reminds me a lot of John Turturro in this movie. Yeah, you said that. And I was like, okay, yeah, I can kind of. He get just that. has that, um, the ability to like turn the crazy on and kind of go for it. Because yeah. John Turturro can play crazy almost in the vein <sighs> of Michael Richards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at like anger management. Uh, anger management. Oh, that's a perfect example. I, yeah. I didn't even think of that. Because he's he's the like loose cannon in that movie. He's and always he's, the one that wants to like fucking fight people, even though he knows right. he shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, and the, we get a lot of great scenes with him in that movie yeah. doing that. Uh, and he sort of plays um a bit of an oddball character in Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Dude, I haven't seen that in eighteen years. Really? Or something like wow. since it came out on DVD. Oh, that's a great movie. It is a good movie. Uh, no, well, I've seen bits of it on TV since then, but like I'd never, I haven't sat down and watched the whole thing through and through since the first time I saw it. Sure, sure. But it is a good movie. I remember it being really great. I used to watch it a lot with my grandma. Yeah, because she really liked the music that they uh, put in the movie, and so it was one that we kind of would watch that, of the good old days. Well, maybe <laughs> I, she's not. She's not that old. <laughs> that, that's true. That's true. No, uh, th- yeah, that was definitely an older time. But yeah, the music was. But I mean, possibly. I, I'm sure it was mostly just the music that her parents listened to. Right. It sure. Kind of more like what it was. It's got Clooney in it. Oh, and uh, he's so good in it too. Yeah, you know, so Totoro. Uh, one other guy I don't too. Know though. the other guys. I know, he's I in a lot of stuff. He's in Holes. He's a dude with the... Oh, he played Pendansky. Yes. Um, Tim Blake Nelson. 
yeah. He was also in uh, The Incredible Hulk. Yes, he was. Uh, they they allude to him kind of uh, becoming the leader. Right. But uh, they never did anything with it, unfortunately. During this scene, though, um, with our doctor, he gives our opening line as well. I don't work with lightning. I hate it. I work with all this other shit. <laughs> yeah, and he's got, like, beakers and vials and, you know, full, he's got, like, potions and stuff and then right. all this equipment and... He's, he's almost more of, like, an alchemist. Yeah, kind of. Than well, the traditional chemist. Frankenstein character. Alchemist is, yeah, in that sense, that's a really good, uh, that's actually a a perfect fit for that alchemist. Because Because alchemy was the creation of, like, potions and things like that. Totally. But he's also, like, resurrection and stuff like that. Right, there was a a lot of necromancy is, like, related to alchemy and things like that, for sure. That's what his character more so reminds me of. Yeah, you're totally right. (laughs) Jeff Goldblum creepily stares at a woman while she eats a banana and kind of is a creep about it. Well, he's trying to get her to, like, give him a kiss. And right. so she... It, which, this is funny. She's always kind of on her toes about it. Well, we don't know for sure, but it seems like she's kind of a step ahead of him, too, and she knows what he's trying to get, and she's playing hard to get. Um, or just isn't having it, She's I either say. oblivious or completely ahead of the curve. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, when he goes to, like, kind of lean in for a kiss, she goes up and bites a banana. Right. And he, she's like, what? And he's like, no, I'll let you finish, because he... The whole idea was he was leaning into saying something into, like, trying to kiss her. And, right. And then she offers him some. And, <laughs> and then that's when her daughter goes missing. Uh, we also get Jeff Goldblum and Ed Bigley Jr. fighting for a little bit. That was a bit, a bit of fun to watch. Um, I'm going to say that I like the design of Hanyadi, who is our Frankenstein's monster character. Ed Bigley Jr. climbs into the monster's arms at one point. By accident. He's climbing down a tree. Because he's looking for the girl. He's up in the tree trying to... Which it's like, dude, you're in like a swampy forest. <laughs> what right. do you think you're going to see up there? But, um, yeah, as he's climbing down, we have the Frankenstein's monster uh, Oh, that's there. right. This whole thing is And he kind of off... starts laughing and then, like, walks into the lake. Like, this backwards. whole thing... I forgot. This whole thing sets off because a little girl goes missing. Yeah, that's what I said, and then her daughter goes missing. Yeah, uh, that's what I mean. You just totally reminded me of that. And it was kind of weird, because she's about to scream when she sees the Frankenstein, and he, like, covers her mouth. Right. It's kind of creepy. It's the allusion to the original Frankenstein. Yeah. the little girl, and um, which is cool. And, okay, there's one scene. Okay, well, hang on. Right after this, yes, Ed Bailey Jr., he starts laughing and kind of runs off and backs into a swamp, but then a hand comes out of the swamp and grabs his nuts. That was really weird. They don't explain They don't go back into that at all, which I thought I remembered hearing or reading about, uh, oh, somebody says something about a gill man, I think. Okay. At one point. I was just going to say, is that supposed to be like our- I guess. Our black creature from the Black Lagoon? They don't really go into what that was or who it was or why Hmm. at all. It's very interesting. Okay. Uh, Odd we, scene. Our werewolf, we do finally meet. He's a bit of a hippie. <laughs> yeah, he just has like this, he just has a lot of hair and he's kind of like this kind of... I shouldn't say I'm hippie. just trying to... Yeah, he's, he's not really a hippie. He's kind of a redneck, but... is what I should say. And I don't mean that in an offensive way, but they do kind of play that character a uh, little bit. Yeah, it's, but I would also argue that it's kind of... Um, a mix between hippie and redneck, because he's I would not, say. He's not very, He's kind like, of, like, mean. cool. Yeah, he's a pretty yeah. just chill, but he kind of has that red... kind of reminds me of, like, a character from King of the Hill. 
Sure, or like maybe like that seventy show or something. Kind of a totally a mix of. I'm kind of getting like Hyde vibes from him. I could see that. I could see that. Um, But he makes some odd jokes and says some shit. Like, um, I I couldn't find the exact quote, but he says something like, uh, "I'll tear every hair you've ever had out of your ass," (sighs) and then like starts laughing. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god, I don't remember that line. <laughs> they do go back to see the, the gypsy woman again, and this is where we get our bit uh, <laughs> with Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Because uh, only he goes back. Right. And he right. goes to talk to her. And uh, she, she kind of goes through a spiel with him, but then goes to slam her head down, and he grabs her head and pushes it back up. Yeah. But then it bounces then off she the just, wall. Yeah, she just kind of like falls back anyways yeah. and like slams into the thing, and it breaks like half the table. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. <laughs> Like, he was like, no, okay. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, ah, and just has to, like, get out of there. He's like, it's gonna happen, whatever. Uh, we get a visual gag in this that I think is hilarious and kind of an underrated visual gag. I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen more, which is a werewolf using hairspray. Oh, I'd missed it. Yeah, at one point we kind of see him using hairspray, and I was like, that's amazing. Why have I not seen that? That's so stupid, though, too. But that's why it's funny. <laughs> well, just... I, well, <laughs> yeah. You know, it, are you just trying to make your hair your hair crispy? Like, what are you doing? He's trying to keep that look. Is this hairspray that makes it more like <laughs> like voluminous or what? Did I use that word right? The monster delivers a sleepy child to her mother, and everybody flips their shit. Whoa! I feel like you just skipped through a lot of stuff. I mean, there's a lot of dialogue. Uh, we kind of we because well, like see, because basically we get to see. Um, the, the Hanyadi returned, I believe, with the Wolfman. That's why he's, like, put in the jail. We get to see the dialogue, not dialogue, but chemistry between the Wolfman, Hanyadi, who is now back with the Doctor. Yeah, because we see, well, and we see Hanyadi with the little girl, too. And he's actually just playing cards with her at one point. Right, and, totally. like, having that innocent moment. Like, I'm not a monster. Like, I just look scary. Yeah. Oh, man, this movie. I... We're almost there. It's okay. I have some stuff. There's just like something this movie makes me want to talk about. Something else this movie makes me want to talk about, but I'll wait. We're almost done. Um, and then after, yeah, so he delivers a sleepy child to the mother. And then after this, we pretty much fig- find out what's going on in the town. Right. So because th- they want to hurt the the Frankenstein's monster-ish character, and um, they go with their torches I think because he kind of beats a couple guys up or something when they try yeah. to grab him, and then and everyone else is just like, ah, oh, jeez, like the mayor and the chief of police, right? Uh, or no, he, he wasn't really. The, it was weird. It was like this. It almost seemed like he was like above the mayor, but but I thought he was the police chief too. Oh, that's maybe what he I was. Wrote down. I think so. Okay, he must have been because that's funny. I, I do get what you're saying. The though, mustached he, guy. He did kind of seem like he. Oh, had he more was power, because but... when. Yeah, when Ed Begley Jr. comes along uh, in that one, uh, and he says that guy tried to, like, kill me. He tried to, like, throw a lamp into my head or something. That was him. Right, right, And he right. W- he did say he was, like, a detective or something, or that he was police. Um, and, yeah, so they, I mean, they basically recreate, or a little bit, the the end scene for Frankenstein where the people the come. The villagers, to, yeah, yeah. They come to sort of pillage. Torches and pitchforks. And the doctor explains that Hanyadi isn't a monster. Well, we get we get Jeff Jeff Goldblum Jolf 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 Bloom Jeff Goldblum. He comes in because he sees what's happening, and this is where the movie kind of stirs for me. And maybe it's 
maybe it was ultimately my lack of paying attention now that I'm, now that we've talked about it more cuz he said some things that I'm like oh that's like that's the cue gotcha because when he's going off and explaining that this frankenstein's monster is essentially just a man who had to have reconstructive surgery um he explains too that it was the hospital system was mistreating him and that's why it, right. it went the way it went right and so like he gives this explanation to the, this monster and I'm like, when the fuck did he figure that out? And how? And that's where the movie got kind of sour, because, like, um, we'll get into this in just a second, but he explains all the monsters we see. And we see this, like, re- we have this really great ending scene that's, like, really fun and lighthearted and kind of gives it a happy ending um, and makes more sense of everything because, yeah, these monsters don't really exist. Um, but it kind of seemed like they were. Um, and so he explains everything about him. And yeah, that was one of the things is he was just a man with reconstructive surgery and that's why he looks the way he is. Uh, yeah. And Wolfman is just a man with a rare condition. He has a rare condition of like excessive body hair, which they grows on his face and they've been doing treatments. He has like a, just a spot on his belly, I guess. of yeah. No hair. He's like, it's working. It's literally like a patch. <laughs> I think his nipples also are only showing through really? too. I, th- I don't think you get any hair over the nipples. It's, it's almost the invert of like a guy has a hairy stomach. Yeah. It's like an invert of that almost. Right. Uh, we find out that the woman or the mummy, excuse me, was rather <laughs> just a woman who had a face and body lift. Yeah. Which was random. Cause she was ugly, uh, ugly, Something before. Jane or something? No, it was a different name. Um, Hang on, I'm going to pull it up. You're going to pull that up. We find out... (laughs) This, okay. This part to me, I thought was so stupid that I had to just laugh and let it go. Because it was obviously intentional. The Hunchbacks just decide to stand up. (laughs) Straight. I kind of loved this because it was almost... Yeah, they were like, we uh, we never had a hump or something like that. And then they just stand up straight and they're fine. But, like, if you think about it, like, think about what that kind of signifies in this character. It's like, which, oh, oh, we heard that scene. I was trying to find this line. And then I heard it, heard the one I wanted to do for the opener um, initially. Um, but uh, when he's like, he says, I'm low, I'm low, or something like that. And then the wife goes, I'm lower. And I think that's kind of part of it is that, like, he hunches over because he's he's lower than the... Like the like, scientists, like as a class, yeah, type thing, yeah. That's interesting. I actually kind of like that uh, the way that that's paced. If that's what, that's what it is, if yeah, right. that's kind of what I took from it though, and that's that's where they're like, oh yeah, let's stand up. We're just regular people. Oh, Hattie, ugly Hattie, because they say, uh, oh no, they call her formerly ugly Hattie in this. <laughs> um. Yeah, and that's weird because, yeah, she gets, like, a boob job and she's like, ooh, bazonkers. I never counted on bazonkers. Right. And then someone grabs him and uh, is like, uh, oh, I think it's Radu. Oh, that was his name, Radu. Um, But she's like, I'm so content after someone grabs him. And he goes, you should be, which is really weird. Uh, And that wouldn't fly today, really. Nope. (laughs) Um, I also... uh, since I have it here, I just want to remember that uh, that chick that uh, Jeff Goldblum's character was trying to get with the whole time, she's pretty badass because at one point she grabs a, a bottle and breaks it and she goes, you want to eat glass? You're right. <laughs> that does happen. Um, to the police, too, nonetheless. We find out, okay, so Jeff, or Jeff Goldblum, god damn it, Gina Davis, her vampire 
Odette. Odette. We find out that she's actually just uh, a w- like a, woman a nymphomaniac. Who she just thinks she wants attention. She yeah, thinks she's she, ugly. She think. Oh yeah, she thinks she's ugly. Yeah, and she doesn't like her nose. And he gave her a nose job. Um, so but she's wearing vampire fangs. He's like, you're not a vampire. Take these out. Right. Which I was like, God damn it. Like, I know. Come on. That's what I mean. Is like, I was like, oh, geez, man. But like, it was really heartfelt though at the same time. And then it kind of seems like maybe they sort of had a thing, but yeah, they allude. They kind of allude to yeah. them kind of getting together, which is funny because he was so like afraid of her. But that's, that was the other thing is like, when did you figure that out? How do you know that? I, right. That information was not present in the movie at all. It's literally it was... just dropped at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we, I mean, which is, a, this is the end. We then get a party from everybody in town. They have a dance and we get some headlines. Yeah, everyone just like celebrates. Then we start getting these, uh, the old school like uh, spinning newspaper right. and like the headline. And it's it's exploiting all these quote unquote monsters and because I, I, all the. I thought I wrote them all down. I only wrote two down. So I actually pulled it up. I okay. actually have it in front of me. Oh, sweet. So the first one is Frankenstein Lives reveals enormous bolt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we then have Transylvestite exposed. Mummy, <laughs> mummy, really a daddy. Oh, so that's what it was. It was a guy. Oh, or, right. Was, was it? it? No, I think that's probably just the headline. I, I think she was just, I think she was still just a woman. Yeah, that's. I don't uh, know kind of a random one. I don't know if I even really get that. That's kind of cool though cuz that was kind of um that was kind of big in the 80s, right? You know, uh, like the trans movement. I'm sure well, it's I think that's when it really started. Right. That's uh, what I mean. So that's kind of like Okay. It's kind it's of progressive of the movie to do that. And I'm going to say that I think that a lot of the people that worked with Mel Brooks were kind of progressive because he was super yeah. progressive. Oh, absolutely. Uh, well, being, you know, in the Jewish community and everything. And hugely so. Yeah. I mean, and it, he, he was definitely alive when World War II happened. Mm-hmm. So, um, the next one is Wolfman Cured wins surfing contest. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't... The picture I they didn't have get the surfing is also thing. like, what? Um, <laughs> killer bees found in Gypsy's wrinkles. Yeah, that was... that a, one I was like, That was another fuck? wild one that, like, didn't uh, really make sense, but... Butler comic plays Royal Rock concert, barfs on Prince. Yeah. And that's, and that was uh, Michael, Richards. Michael Richards character. And there's a really funny picture of him actually is like the headline. Uh, we get doctor performs vasectomy on himself, <laughs> yeah. which is brutal, dude. I was like, what the hell? And uh, vampire sucks town dry. And it's a picture of like Gina Davis, but her arms are all out. And yeah. Cleavage is like showing. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. Her outfit was great by the way. Uh, servant and wife confessed we never had a real hump. That's what that was. Yeah. We never really had a, we that's never had a so real hump. That's funny. And that's it. Um. Cause they also, like, in that moment when they did the stand-up thing, they also had a kid that was kind of hunched over. Right, and he and stands like, up She's too. like, stand up. Yeah. yeah. Goddamn. Uh, but that's our movie. I mean, that's, that's Transylvania 65000. Yeah. Which, oh, by the way, we didn't say this, but they do say in the movie that that's the address <laughs> Of the hotel. Yeah, because he, uh, uh, I just want to call him Rooney. Uh, uh, Jeffrey Jones? Yeah, Jeffrey Jones. Um, he's the one that I think, it's either him or it's, um, it's Michael, him or Richards. Michael Richards. Yeah, and yeah. they answer the phone and say Transylvania 65000, which when I saw that title, I was like, that's such a weird title. I was like, it must be like an address or something. It's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and they give it to us. So that's, that's cool. Cause I, Oh, he said it. Right. Um, which that's, that's actually my note is he said it. He said yeah. the name. He's, he, he said the thing. <laughs> he said the name. Yeah. 
I think that realistically watching, I, I, I said this to you earlier, um, a movie filled with Mel Brooks cast, but without Mel Brooks does not make a Mel Brooks movie. And unfortunately I think that this movie kind of shows that. And, and I'm saying that because I think that there's so much talent in this movie and the movie doesn't convey it well enough. I mean, at the same time though, is like, I don't necessarily feel like this was trying to be a Mel book, Mel Brooks movie. Sure. I, but I do think there was some inspiration to that. And this was kind of like, well, I want to do my version and I, I want to kind of exploit, you know, the classic horror universal monsters. Um, but again, so like, that's the thing. So this is like the perfect time to jump into it. Cause I didn't really get into it just now when we were going through the thing, but like, um, I feel like I didn't get any of the information about like the explanations of the people throughout the movie. Like it didn't seem like the characters did any work that would have alluded to them finding that out. They don't. And that's, yeah. And that's where I had the problem because I was like, how do they just know this at the end? Although when you said the thing about the werewolf, now I'm kind of thinking, well, Jeff Goldblum's character is just so intelligent that he kind of like figured this one out after he met the the Wolfman. He's sort of like a. I think he kind of pieced it together like and a, was like, "Oh, that's just a regular dude. It's not a Wolfman." Because he was like wearing jeans and I think a shirt, even. Yeah. No, he might have been shirtless. He had a flannel with ripped off sleeves. I think. Oh, sure, sure, sure. But um, but he was wearing jeans, and so I think he was kind of like, uh, yeah, I think he kind of figured it out. But some of the other stuff, I'm like, uh, I, yeah, it I just, don't get like Odette. There was no, there wasn't really anything for that. You did mention something about the guy, uh, uh, what was his name? The Frankenstein's monster. Oh, um, sorry, I have it written down, or else I would have never remembered it. I know it was. You um, said it like a million times. I still didn't retain it. Hanyadi. Hanyadi. Um. You did mention a part where they kind of bring that up earlier in the film, too, to where I was like, oh, okay, so maybe maybe they actually found out more than we realized, but it wasn't really communicated through the movie well right. to try and piece it together. At the same time, I think the issue with that is that they were trying to give you that information without trying to give it away because they wanted that reveal at the end. But it's yeah. just like it was kind of too hard to do all that. And I th- I really think that that moment when um, – Molokova gets back in his laboratory and goes crazy should have happened like in the first like like 30 minutes into the movie I that's see that's where I I I don't think I don't think Rudy DeLuca was concerned with really solving what the movie was the question the movie sets out with sure I don't think he really cared I think that he was more so trying to have a showcase of these different people that do have acting jobs and that are funny. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that his writing really worked for that. Yeah. The story was kind of hard to like really get that across. And that's what I mean is like, you, you had a good idea here and it kind of would have worked, but like <laughs> that's where it's hard for me because I still really liked all the scenes that happened before because of like the humor in it and everything like, like the things it leads to, it just re- leads to all this ridiculous stuff. When Ed Begley Jr.'s, when he when Jeff Goldblum like convinces him to go inside, and then goes, oh, he's trying to get out, he's trying to get out, right? And then which like causes him to be stuck in there and kind of like try to find out more. 
And then when he's trying to get him out again, um, but he's like, how am I just going to get out? And then he, uh, he's like, just just jump over. And then he's like, oh, guy's trying to get trying in. Trying to get in, yeah. Trying to get in. And uh, I think and they, like, force him out. Yeah, I think that there there is some strong comedy in the movie. I think that Rita Luca is a strong comedian. And it's, like, throughout the whole movie, honestly. Right. I wasn't, I wasn't really bored. Like, I was, but I was laughing. I, like, I had a good time. It's kind of weird. It's like he's a good... He's a good comedy writer, but he's just not a very good writer. Yeah, like, it was like he... He was like, I have this idea, but he, but he didn't quite, like, flesh out... Like, he had a question, and it seems like he had the answer, but he, like, didn't really know, like, what the equation was. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Didn't know how to do the work. You knew the answer, he, and he, he knew didn't the put the work it, in. But... That's what it is. I mean... For the for the story, at least. And, I mean, there's other where, things that could be why, but... But that's where I think that he's he wasn't concerned with it. It and doesn't seem like... Yeah, it doesn't seem like really anybody was like, eh, you should probably think about this. We'll, we'll score it. What are we going to score it out of this week? Let's do, uh... <laughs> fake legs. <laughs> okay. Being I'm smashed a- in closets. <laughs> closet doors. How many fake legs are you going to give this movie? I gave it three. Okay. Like, you gotta at least watch it once. I, I would honestly watch this again. I'm going to give it a two and a half. I've kind of like just decided. I decided that's where I'm mm-hmm. going to put it because I don't hate it. Well, and that's your your that's my middle. middle. That's my middle ground. So, um, I'm going to go two and a half. I it's weird because it reminded me of two movies, um, a movie that would come out two years later, The mm-hmm. Monster Squad. Yes. Oh, um, ve- very much so. Yeah. But I, I mean, if you guys have been listening for a while, you know, I really enjoyed that movie. Mm-hmm. That might be one of the like couple movies I've given a five. Which that's funny because that actually does deal with the monsters in a serious way of actually being monsters. But it still allows room for comedy because that movie is a comedy. Oh yeah, and like, there was a lot of good comedy in it too. And uh, so I mean, I'm gonna go two and a half. I'm gonna recommend you watch that movie. Um, but if you've seen it, then watch this. Yeah, definitely. That's what I'm going to say. I mean, uh, watch this for the cast alone. And, like, if you like that kind of dry humor, like Mel Brooks movies, Leslie Nielsen, Airplane, uh, Naked Gun, like, this this movie's for you for sure. Like, the, the story isn't the best, but, like, you get so much good humor. And Ed Begley Jr., like, really carried it for me. And Jeff Goldblum is still amazing in all his parts, too. Like, I, I love what he brings to the table. It's just, like, I I think his character just wasn't didn't get like the screen time he kind of deserved, but they also kind of made him just this like whore. Yeah. Kind of. Well, and that alludes to the other, the second movie, which this movie brings to my mind, which is a movie that I think that we both in a sense agreed was so strange that it was good, which came out a year before this. And it was Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension. (laughs) Oh yeah, dude. Oh man. That's a good one. But that's the that on that with this movie, guys. Absolutely. Transylvania six five thousand. Do you have any quotes we didn't get through? Um, I don't think I really did. I kind of just pushed all mine out there. Gotcha. Yeah, I was kind of doing that too. I did have one though, um, which was when uh, oh Radu he goes, uh, "You're right, master. I won't talk about me anymore. How are you?" Right. <laughs> yeah. That that was a great line. That was funny. Everyone had some pretty good, like, funny lines or parts in this movie. Like, like I said, even even the mom, because she breaks that bottle of glass and is like threatening the police right. with it. And that's kind of the interesting like, thing is like all the characters are great, all the actors yeah. are great. It's just it's, it's plot, an all star cast. The plot just doesn't have that that little bit that it needed, I think. For sure, but it's still a fun movie. I still say absolutely watch it at least once. 
welcome to season four. If you've been listening since whenever, thanks oh my for God, if you've been listening since we stick started, around. Jesus, yeah. awesome. Uh, Thank you, and keep listening. We we have an online store. I don't know that we have a ton of stuff out right at the moment. I know right now as we're talking, we don't. But I know that within the next week, we'll have a couple of things up. Um, some basic designs, I'm sure. But uh, keep the eyes out or peeled on that one. So we're going to have new stuff coming up. We both have been really excited about this. This has kind of been a point of um, interest for both of us since the beginning of the podcast. Um, to find our store, head over to the Instagram at WAWWTPod, as in why are we watching this podcast. Give us a follow. We're also on Twitter. Same tag. Make sure to subscribe to us on uh, iTunes, Spotify, CastBox. Um, God damn it. I remembered it last time. Stitcher. Stitcher. So leave a review. Oh, yeah. Helps also, us out a lot. short films. We fucking we do short films sometimes. Yeah, we do. I think we probably have three out at the point that this episode comes out. So go check yeah. them out. That'll yeah. be brush your teeth, do the dishes, the basement. Yep. Ooh, Zach's acting debut. Day look butt. out. Like, look out. Going to Hollywood. Peace, Peace bitches. Why are we watching this? <laughs>